the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Time now for the second hour of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Good to be with you, as always, here on the program. And I need to do a, a clarification, because I didn't see this come about overnight. At the beginning of the show, I talked about how I was a little concerned with Elon Musk suspending journalists on Twitter. And I didn't realize that he put up one of his polls and in his popular vote way of trying to advance free speech, he posted a poll and said, should I unsuspend? Should we unsuspend those who had doxed his location? That was the basis he said for for this suspension of some journalists. And the vote was yes. And he said the people have spoken and voila, he unsuspended them. Let me say that is a tremendous credit to Elon Musk, purveyor of free speech on Twitter. And I wanted to make sure that correction went made. Good to be with you once again on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710 KNUS. When, gosh, elections just wrapped up, what, a month and a half ago, just about? And yet I've got a candidate here in studio, and I'm wondering how in the world this is the case. No, it's not Leslie Harrod coming on the program to talk about how she's Denver's political scofflaw, though she's welcome to come on and clarify things if she'd like to. It's Casper Stockham, and he's running to be the next chairman of the Colorado Republican Party. And not only does he join us on the program, he joins me here in studio, dark and early. Good yes, morning. I am here. It is dark. It's early, and I'm cold. <laughs> it's, freezing it's freezing outside. outside. Oh my goodness! Crazy. Woof. It's been cold these nights, yeah. but we haven't got much snow. It's I'm true. hoping for a white Christmas. I would be okay coming out to some snow next right. Saturday morning. I hope Leroy agrees with me, <laughs> so we can have a white Christmas. Right, right. Merry Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas to you too. So you're running. Second time. Yes. Last time you came third, you threw your support behind Christy Burton Brown. Correct. Some might say that was what swung the election for state party chair yep. in her favor. Yep. And now you are running again to be chairman of the party. Greg Lopez just announced yesterday that he'll mm-hmm. run as well. So we'll get Greg on the program. But yep. you're here first. You're the first to announce. Mm-hmm. Why are you running? Well, um, to... The reason why I'm running is because of what you just laid out. And a lot of people ask me, so you supported Christie in the past, so what changed? And my answer is nothing changed. Um, I was on the executive committee, and we tried to interject some outreach-type strategies to the chair, and those were shot down. You know, um, We tried to do a lot of things to get uh, some outreach money for Priscilla, who was the vice chair, current vice chair and those were shot down so i'm like nothing's really changing and this last election cycle we saw even a larger defeat with our party uh so i feel that in order for things to change i have to be the one to initiate them as the chair so that's why i threw my hat into the ring 
Tell us a little bit about your background for those who may not know who Casper Stockham is, yeah. which on KNUS is hard to do, but there may be some folks. Absolutely. So um, I'm a Gulf War veteran. I'm a 100% unhyphenated American. I love my state. I love my country. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm conservative. I'm a Christian conservative, solid American. Um, for the past 10 years, I've been running as a candidate. I've been a, a campaign manager. I've been a campaign advisor and a worker. I've been a precinct worker. Uh, I served on the XCOM board for the GOP. And I've also been an advocate in the community trying to get conservative messages into the community, uh, the, the black and Hispanic communities uh, mainly, mm-hmm. for the past 10 years. So I, I haven't left the playing field. Whether I'm running or whether I'm working for the campaign, I'm always there trying to do the right thing. When you talk about outreach, mm-hmm. what does that mean? That, that's a great question because the average conservative doesn't really understand outreach. Mm-hmm. They think of outreach as get out the vote. During the election cycle, 90 days before the election, man, we roll up our sleeves and we're just knocking on doors. We're, you know, we got the team um, um, handing out flyers and, and, and engaging with people. That's not outreach. Outreach happens way before that. In fact, outreach never stops. Outreach happens now. You soften the ground now so that when get out the vote happens, that's just icing on the cake. Uh, so we don't really understand it and we don't do it. It as an outreach. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. It, it has to be consistent. It right. can't be. I, I completely agree with you there that. If you are just expecting to go make plays for different communities around election time, mm-hmm. it's going to be seen often as yeah. pandering. You're yeah. just just simply for the purposes of an election versus Correct. doing year-round outreach, and they feel like they're actually being cared about. Their voice yeah. is being heard. Yeah, and they know you. What happened uh, this last election cycle, I was working with the Heidi Ganahl campaign, and uh, we launched what what the campaign called Colorado Community Spark. It was a spark program that I brought to the campaign. And we were making some really good um, um, progress, but we only had two months to do it. We need two years for that to really take hold and to really bear some fruit. But we did get a lot of um, buy-in from the Ethiopian community. You know, we had an event there and had a lot of folks um, excited about Heidi and Danny's campaign. But, again, we need to do that, that kind of work now so that when election time ha- comes, they don't look at us like strangers, you know, just coming in for the vote. Yeah, that that is important to keep in mind. So then, I mean, I don't want you to give away the store for the entirety of the plan and let the Democrats know. But yeah. give us a little bit of an idea, Casper Stockham, mm-hmm. as to what you would do differently as far as outreach. What might that entail specifically? So, um so I have a, um, I call it Operation Oust, and the O stands for outreach. That's what we're talking about. So um, one thing that we can do is start showing up during off-season just to show up. Literally just showing up is, is a form of outreach, right? Going into um, to the NAACP meeting, right? That's not limited to Democrats. We can go there, too. And I've been to – I'm a member of the NAACP. Even though I don't agree with a lot of the, their um, um, their philosophies or whatever, I still am a member of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to show up at those meetings. We need to show up at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We need to show up at the um, at the Black Chamber. And and a lot of times when I mention things like that, conservatives 
immediately go to, yeah, but that's just pandering and, and um, it's identity politics. Mm-hmm. And I always come back with all politics is identity politics. You are an identity as far as being a millennial, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an identity being a, a, um, a um, what am I? Baby boomer. <laughs> you know, uh, Generationally, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we have all these different identities, and every time we are looking for votes, we're trying to appeal to that different identity. Soccer moms, military people, Jewish community, and so forth. It's only when we get into the race thing is where people get a little squeamish. They say, mm-hmm. well, you know, we're not going to get the black vote, so why go after it? Well, that was not Trump's philosophy. Trump said he wanted all the votes, mm-hmm. and he went after them. He made, did. And he got, you know, he got more than the the average. Yeah, I mean, the, isn't it something that for five years he was just constantly berated by the media as being a racist? Yeah, and more black and brown Americans threw that narrative away and said it was actually um, college educated white people, especially yeah. white men, who yeah. swung the election. Interestingly, to Biden in 2020, right. you actually did have those gains for Trump, Mr. Racist. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and all those are identities. So I went to Atlanta twice when um, Trump was running, once when he uh, launched Black Voices for Trump. And I brought that concept to Heidi's campaign, and we launched Black Voices for Heidi and Danny. Mm-hmm. But again, it was two months mm-hmm. you know, before the election, so we needed to have it two yeah. Anyway, so um, and then I went back again to where he launched a platinum plan for the mm-hmm. black community. Yes. These aren't pandering type things. They were solid plans, you know, it to was. actually start helping the community. I remember touting the platinum plan. Yeah. It was solid. Yeah. And I brought those mm-hmm. ideas back to the GOP and you thought it was a good idea. Randy thought it was a good idea. And other um, on their personalities thought it was good, but I didn't get really any buy in from the party. And I'm like. Guys, this is this is how we start making inroads into those communities. Let's talk about the other few letters in Alice. I think yep. they're unity, support, and training. Outreach, unity, support, and training. Yes. So briefly, mm-hmm. unity, support, training. Talk yep. about those. So unity, we cannot win elections. And you mentioned this earlier on the show. Um, you know, I think in Colorado, a large part of our a large part of our problem was Republicans not showing up to vote. And or getting confused about voting earlier, voting late, and so forth. It was our internal problems that caused a lot of that. We've got to work on, specifically work on bringing those sides together. The um, the folks that spoke at the press conference that happened several weeks ago, they were angry. But on the other side, you know, we have people traveling around the state uh, um, angry as well. So somebody has to be the adult in the room and say, look, guys. I get you're frustrated. Let's figure out how we can come together and work on a common goal, which is winning elections, getting Democrats out and get Republicans in. So that's going to be my focus is unifying all those frac. And it's not going to be easy, by the way, you know, but I'm going to be working on that. The S stands for support. We need to support candidates. We need to support uh, volunteers, our county chairs. County chairs are out there just just uh, uh, frustrated because they're not getting support from the party. And then uh, the T stands for training. So I've been doing training with America First Republic for several years now. So we're going to continue to do that as well. Casper Stockham, candidate for Republican State Party chairman, joining us here in studio. 
uh, among the topics in the next segment, we'll talk about that uh, press conference or rally yeah. that you uh, addressed <laughs> there just a moment ago. But I also want to talk to you before we kind of move on to the break, because mm-hmm. we're going to be up against it. You have PMI yes. as another one of your acronyms. you got OUST, Outreach, Unity, yeah. Support, and Training. PMI, what does that stand for and what does it mean? Yeah. So PMI um, identifies the problem and OUST comes up with the solutions for the problem. Mm-hmm. So PMI stands for Purpose, Mission, and Image. I believe the Republican Party, especially here in Colorado, has a PMI problem. Um, we lack purpose. You know, the Republican Party was founded on ending slavery. In the 60s, we were uh, uh, working on civil rights. Today, I really can't tell you, and most people can't tell me, what is our our purpose? You know, And we have the higher view of freedom and liberty and things like that, or the Constitution, but all those are not personal enough to really resonate with unaffiliated voters and even some soft Dems that could that can lean in our direction. So we have a purpose problem. We have a message problem because we have great ideas. We have great solutions, but we just can't get that into the minds of the, mm-hmm. of the folks that need to hear it. So they can start voting for us. And then our image is tarnished. Some would say that is Trump, but I got news for you, Jimmy. I've been out here for 10 years. Trump wasn't here when I first got here. We had an image problem then. <laughs> we still, true. And, and after Trump leaves, we'll still have an image problem. If we don't start making major changes to correct that image. Mm. So let's talk about the state of the GOP briefly. Mm-hmm. How do you assess where we are at? Because we are at, in my view, and based on the numbers in the legislature and the other positions, we are at the low point for the Republican Party, not just of this century, but probably ever in the state of Colorado yeah. or since the early part of the last century, which yeah. is quite staggering. How do you assess the state of affairs, and what is the brand, what is the image of the GOP in Colorado right now going to your PMI point? Yeah, yeah. So um, the last time we were this bad, and, and I would agree with you, we're probably worse than we've ever been, was in was like 1936, <laughs> you know, where we didn't have any, any Republican statewide uh, officials elected. Um, so we have lost the lost our ability to to really get people leaning into us. Um, we have allowed them to label us as racist, allowed them to label, label us as homophobic and all these different things that that aren't true. But if we don't stand up for ourselves, if we don't uh, you know push back, they're going to continue to do that. Now, people will say, well, you know, the media is helping them. Yeah, I get all that. All those are, are challenges for sure. But we can stand up to to these labels and start to show up in these communities. And that is what's going to change it, because the more we show up, the more they're going to realize, oh, so you're not the racist person that I've heard about. No, no. I mean, we're here to help and actually be there to help, not just to get a vote. We're there to help. We're here to paint the fence, fix the roof, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And if we do that enough, it's going to take time. It's not. Something that's going to happen overnight, but we've got to start now, and we got to start working towards that to get back uh, to where we need to be as far as um, the um, image of the party. Casper Stockham joining us here in studio, Republican chair candidate, running to be the next leader of the Republican Party in this great state. Casper for Colorado dot com is your website, correct? Absolutely, and I have all the things we're talking about now on the website. 
I call it the plan. And that's four spelled out F-O-R. We're going to take a quick break. We'll pick up the conversation on the other side here on News Talk 710 KNUS. You're listening to The Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Welcome back to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. This is a fun tune. J.D. McPherson, contemporary rockabilly guy, doing a Christmas tune, an original called Hey Skinny Santa. It's almost Christmas time. You got to be eating and, eating and more cookies. You got to fatten yourself up because we need a big Santa. Come Christmas Eve, one week from today. Good to be with you. News Talk 710 KNUS. Joined here in studio by Casper Stockham, Republican candidate for Republican Party Chair. I guess if you're a Republican candidate for Republican Party Chair, that's pretty pretty redundant. I'm used to saying Republican candidate for, but you're running to be the leader of the Republican Party. And let's get to a few of the sort of brass tax issues because there are some – whenever you're looking at someone who's going to lead the party Mm – you got to answer some some important questions. Yeah. And, and one of them, listener text in, saying, once again, what has Casper ever won in his political career? <laughs> I like him, but he doesn't have a winning record. Yeah. You ran for Congress three times yeah. unsuccessfully. First two were in first CD. That's impossible in many respects mm-hmm. to defeat to get. And then yeah. you went briefly sixth CD and moved to the seventh CD. This was in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now you've been running and, and uh, or helping to run campaigns yep. or running campaigns for different candidates. Yep. So how do you answer that question? Because that's one thing that I have heard a lot from folks, and I'm sure you have too. Yeah, well, that's an easy question to answer. Um, there are no winning candidates right now in the Republican Party. So really, um, if you look at anyone that's running or is going to run, um, you know, Christie has never run a, a – um, as a candidate for any office, I don't believe other than chair or vice chair and chair. Uh, but other than that, there is nobody that is has a winning record. So I'm just like everybody else, right? So I ran in CD1, which is a tough battle. Um, getting 25 to, th- uh, to anywhere, 25 or more percent is really helping the party. <clears throat> so I don't look at it as a loss. I look at it as helping the party. Now, I wanted to win for sure. And we need to have someone always running against the Democrat in those races. So if it's not me, it needs to be somebody else. So I'm not going to look at that person and say, well, they're, you know, they, they're a loser. That's a tough race, mm-hmm. right? So nobody's yes. won. Pete Coors ran in that race and had millions. Of, well, he didn't put millions in. He had a couple hundred thousand in, 300,000, something like that. But he lost, right? So is he a loser <laughs> because he lost that race? So, I, you know, it, it's – um. It's a normal thing to automatically go to, but guess what? In our state right now, nobody's really a, a winning So candidate. then here's the central question, I guess, mm-hmm. in terms of having lo- run and lost three times and then un- been unsuccessful in terms of campaigns that you have managed or helped manage. Um, what lessons have you learned from that that you would apply if elected state party chair? The lessons I've learned are the things that I want to actually roll out in the state GOP, like I talked about with outreach and things like that. We're not spending the money in the right places. The money is not getting to the candidates like it should be. You know, there's a lot of of holes in the process. When I stepped off the stage the first time in CD1, I was expecting to be met with someone that had a packet of information for a brand new candidate so I could be successful 
I could be successful or even or or more successful. Well, that didn't happen. Once you once you are the nominee, you're kind of just flailing out there. You know, you're going to get some support from the local uh, uh, county uh, folks, but nothing to the level that I was expecting. Right. So we need to have a packet of information ready for the hand the candidate when they step off that stage as a winner. Here you go. Here are some packs that could support you. Um, here are some tools that you can use for your campaign, texting tools, email tools, and so forth. Um, here are some, some do's and don'ts, whatever, you know, some, some basic things that should be there for every candidate that steps off the stage. That doesn't exist. I want to be able to, to um, implement some of those ideas. Um, you know, it's, it, it's not as <laughs> it, it's easy to criticize, but it's not, uh, it's not as easy to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, one, one other question uh, on just sort of the dynamics here in this state. Let's talk about President Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a two-time voter for President Trump, uh, very intently voted in 2016 and, and more enthusiastically in yeah. 2020 based yeah. on what he did as president. Do you agree with two pr- these two premises as I espouse? Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is not, broadly speaking, popular in Colorado. Yep. And number two, the elections here in this state were not stolen by the Democrats. Um, I would agree that Trump lost here in Colorado. Uh, and I'm I, only talking about Colorado because yeah. that's the state you correct. would be party chair. Correct, correct. Um, but I do think there were some shenanigans that, or at least there's the appearance of some challenges I want to be able to make sure that there's no question about. I want to make sure there's transparency in that process. Um, Can you so, give an example? Um, well, when when Secretary of State Griswold uh, tries to block different uh, um, views of of um, voting records and things like that, that to me sends up a red flag. Now, whether there's anything there or not, we don't know. But for her to try to block that, I don't I don't like those. Do you those actions. can you be more specific? Because I'm unaware of her doing that. And well, there are a lot of things I would criticize. Chris No, no, no for. but the, um, there were some. I don't know if they were laws or just her edicts coming down saying, you know, you're not going to look at this. You're not going to do that. And. That to me uh, is not right. We should have transparency in those processes. So mm-hmm. if a if a county clerk wants to do a recount or whatever, as long as there's funds for it, they should be able to do it. If funds come in from a from a third party source, we should allow that to happen as long as we are, everything is is um, um, verified and viewed and everything. Else. I would say in terms of recounts, uh, county clerks can initiate a recount if they want to and if yeah. they have funds. So, for right. example, Mesa County could have done that in 2020. Tina Peters was even asked to and she was told not to. Right. Uh, or I mean, and she decided not to right. rather. But, go ahead. but there were there were some some things and I don't have specifics on that because I've. I've kind of moved on from that. But at the time, uh, you know, there were just some things that she's done. And you've talked about them on your show that I'm like, uh, you know, why does she have to do that? Why mm-hmm. does she have to go there? Mm-hmm. You know, um, she's kind of going over, overboard on trying to block things as opposed to just saying, look, if we have the gold she, she standard. She is in Griswold. Griswold, yes, I'm sorry. So um, if we have the gold standard, I should be able to see it. Mm-hmm. I should be able to, to you know, yeah, I, I I don't want to get off yeah, into, yeah. into that tangent. That's yeah. uh, the example that you're citing. I'm I'm not I'm not sure of the specifics yeah. of what you're saying, but we can talk about that more yeah. another time. So as far as Trump, Trump. goes, you know, um, I um, obviously I'm I'm a Trump supporter. Voted for him twice. I still like him, even though I would like for him to be more presidential. But it's funny because I can remember back in Blue when Bill Clinton went on the Arsenio Hall show and played the saxophone, and people would say that is not presidential. 
but he got a lot of people leaning into him, um, you know, from doing stuff like that. So fast forward to today when Trump does the, uh, what do they call it, NFTs? Yeah, uh, the, the, the digital the, trading the card. digital trading card deal. Week. A lot of us looked at it and said, dude, what are you doing? You're running a presidential campaign, and now you're talking about you know, digital cards or whatever. Um, a, a lot of us look at it like it's kind of bizarre. But there's other people that look at it and say that's kind of cool, just like playing the so saxophone. I, if that was one thing, then I could agree with <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. But there's a lot of other things. But just down to brass tacks, mm-hmm. Donald Trump in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that he is not going to win the primary if he runs in well, he's going to run obviously, but he's not going to win the primary in Colorado. However, as the chair, um, I have to support. Whoever the candidate is. Mm-hmm. So if it's Donald Trump, it's going to be Donald Trump. If it's Ron DeSantis or whoever, it really doesn't matter. Um, just like several cycles back when um, Dick Wadhams had to support uh, um, Mays, right? And, and there's a lot of people that weren't excited about Mays, mm-hmm. weren't going to even vote for Mays. I didn't even vote for Mays. But Dick Wadhams, as the chair, had to support him. That's right? true. So. You know, that's just the way it is. Yep. yep. Yeah. No, that that is true. So yeah. anybody who becomes the nominee, you have to support that nominee yeah. Yeah. as Republican Party chairman. Casper Stockham here in studio. And I want to go back to your runs mm-hmm. for office mm-hmm. uh, because you have been fined by the Federal Elections Commission yep. for uh, several different things relative to basically paying yourself to cover vehicle expenses tied to your Uber and Lyft business for um, payments to your company, UBG Online, LLC, where the FEC said in part that you either at various points paid yourself excessively or outside the purported time period that you're supposed to have as far as when you're allowed to pay candidates, to be clear. You are allowed to, under federal law, if you're running for U.S. Congress, you are allowed to pay yourself a salary. But there are certain time period requirements, and there's also doing it actually as a salary. And, you know, earlier I talked about mayoral candidate mm-hmm. Leslie Harrod and her $15,200 fine yep. that the um, the Secretary of State has put down, and she wants a waiver for that over unpaid uh, fines for not filing a form. The FEC found that you were in violation, charged you, or fined you $23,301 for those different expenses that I talked about and Mm -hmm. some of the ways that you had uh, paid yourself and so on and so forth. They reduced that due to financial hardship to a $2,400 civil penalty. You pay $100 a month for two years. You're consistent with that. It stays at that $2,400. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Big picture. Yeah. And I'll ask a follow up. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> so big picture is um I've been a small business owner for many, many years. And you can itemize and you can um you can deduct portions of your, your home for you know for running your your um business out of your home. Now um I believed for the past three cycles that I was running in that I was doing it within the guidelines of the FEC. Um, had I just not itemized and had I just done it as salary, there would have only been a couple of issues like when you mentioned as far as um, outside the window of when you can pay yourself. I never went over the amount of what I could pay myself and the work was done by my company, which was um, I'm a sole proprietor, you know, but I do 
bring in people from time to time, expertise from time to time for websites and stuff like that. So um, I felt that I was within the guidelines, and it wasn't like I was trying to hide anything. In fact, I over-reported what I should have done, which is called the salary and just called it a day. So just a, a couple of clarifying things mm-hmm. when it comes to the FEC, because I've read their de- decision mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. And one thing when you talk about excessive, they said that there were some points where you paid yourself excessively, like because you didn't prorate it properly. So there would be a month payment where it was in excess of what it should have been. That's where they said the word excessive. And then the other uh, aspect of it was when you're going to pay yourself through a company, and yes, you subcontract it and so forth, you might do that, but they don't look at it that way because you're a sole proprietor. Okay. And uh, not only that, when you're using a company, one could get the impression that you're sort of using, and I know this is a term that's been thrown about, a shell company. Yeah. And uh, UBG is not a shell company. I Because you've got to dig around to find who a company is if you put out... Correct. Down in the state. Correct. You know, but all this is readily available on, on the Secretary of State's website. It's not hidden. Um, and um, I've had UBG long before I got into politics, and I've used it for multiple things, like when I was working for Heidi, uh, Heidi's campaign. So I've used it for um, campaign management and things like that. So it's not a, a company that I was funneling money, you know, into some some crazy location. Uh, uh, now, here's here's the, the broader question I mm-hmm. think that this really gets at. Um yeah. Expenses were used for Uber and Lyft payments or things that you – expenses that you had for your Uber and Lyft company according to what the FEC decided. Uh, Your treasurer for those campaigns or at least for the third campaign was Matt Arnold who Mm -hmm. at least purports to be Mr. Campaign Integrity Watchdog. Mm -hmm. And so what do you say to folks who might say, how can we trust Casper Stockham with Republican Party donations when he – paid himself or covered expenses for his private Uber business when he was running for campaigns for Congress in the past three cycles that you did. Absolutely. So first of all, um, this is all on me, not on Matt. Um, And secondly, um, like I said, there was nothing hidden. I just itemized when I should have just called it salary. I should have just called it what it was. And had I done that, there would only been a couple of infractions, if you will, that would have been, that would have potentially happened. Um, I wasn't as aware of paying outside the the um, the time frames as I should have been. That's mm-hmm. totally on me. And now I'm being fined for it, and I'm paying the fine. So and doing uh, a class. I, I took the class already. Um, I had to update the um, the records online. So all that's been done. So now I'm just paying the fine back, twenty four hundred dollars. Uh, they give me two years to do it. I haven't paid in one. And um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's not as much of an integrity issue as a, you know, I made a mistake. I, 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 trust me, once you start running campaigns, there's a whole lot of holes you can fall into sure. at any given time. So yeah. I'm not the first one, and I and I won't be the last one. Sure. But um, I, um, I believe I have uh, uh, the integrity to run the party well, plus there's a lot of oversight when it comes to the GOP chair. It's not just, you know, Casper sitting in the back office, you know, doing fi- filings right there. It's the executive board. Um, that oversees that there's a lawyer, you know, there's all kinds of people involved that oversee those, those things. So it's not just me running the finances or writing checks, you know, in the, sure. in the middle of the night. Yeah. And, and of course, everybody needs to make their decisions on that. I mean, every candidate will have certain, and we're going to 
press every candidate on anything that needs to be addressed because yeah. when you become the chairman of the Republican Party, mm-hmm. whoever you are, right, right. You're, you got to be prepared for these things. And that is certainly something that I think will come up yeah. again in got the it. press. And so uh, worth, yeah. worth addressing. We're yeah. tight on time here, so we're going to take a break. Appreciate it, Casper. Yep. Stock up joining us here in studio. On the other side, we'll wrap up the conversation, cover any other ground that we can fill in here <laughs> on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Rocking and rolling back. Run, run, Rudolph. We got Christmas next weekend. And Santa's got to make it to town. Good to be with you. Brian Adams doing a great, fun rendition of that tune. Time is flying by. Top of the hour. We will be joined by Texas Congressman August Fluger. To get his take on the southern border crisis, which has now really hit home in Denver, Mayor Hancock declaring a state of emergency this week. And I'm just going, yeah, Democrats, what are you going to do now after causing this crisis that we have had? Absolutely. What was that? They asked asked for the immigrants to come in, the immigrants, right, right, to come into the town. And then when they show up, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't know yeah. you were going to come right now. You invite illegal immigrants, and then they come in 50 to 100 every day. And this is this is what you get. Casper yeah. Stockham in studio, Republican candidate for state party chair. Just one more question that I want to ask yeah. you real briefly since we're tight on time, and yeah. I want to get to a couple other ideas you sure. have for the party. Sure. Um, we have had a, a crisis down in El Paso County mm-hmm. with uh, divisions, and you had censures that mm-hmm. have happened. The executive committee censured the chair down there, Vicki Tonkins, mm-hmm. and down there, Vicki Tonkins and the Republican Party censured Republican candidates for office and yeah. said, don't vote for these Republican candidates. Yeah. You also had at that press conference that you alluded to earlier in the hour sure. that you were at, you had Republicans called, um, not just rhinos, that's typical, but <laughs> whores, traitors, liars, and asswipes. And yes. other such rhetoric. Yes. And while you talked about unity, I, I watched your speech, and I don't recall you condemning that. So talk to me about how you would answer, you would have addressed El Paso. And when you talk about unity, is that kind of language from hardline Republicans acceptable? So um, I've been called worse, by the way. <laughs> okay. Haven't we all? <laughs> okay. Um, we have to be... Um, Adults about it. We have to be um, strategic about these kind of things. So as far as El Paso County goes, there's a lot. I've heard a lot of stories on both sides that that I don't agree with. So we have to be able to bring the two sides into the conversation, figure out what part of it is is just over-exaggeration, what part is true, and so forth. It's not as simple as just saying, well, he's right and she's wrong or vice versa. Because you said earlier Republican chairman needs to support Republican candidates. That's correct. So um, uh, the the chair that's an elected official in the county, mm-hmm. once once all the uh, once all the primaries are over, needs to support the candidate on the ballot. Right now, there are some counties. El Paso is one of them that said, well, that candidate is not supporting the platform. So that's a whole nother discussion, right? So is is that candidate not supporting the platform? Is that candidate a closet Democrat? So, you know, there's been some some talk about that, you know, to where they're really not a Republican. Well, they're a registered Republican. So they, I, but that's it, not the job of the party to determine that. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bylaws state you have to support the, the candidate. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Right. But. As a state GOP, we've done some things that are not supported in the bylaws, and that's a whole other discussion as well. So 
it needs to be cleaned up to where we just look. Um, you know, it's like in law enforcement, right? That's the law that's on the books. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it, but that's the law on the books. Now, if you don't like the law, then we need to change it. If you don't like the bylaws, we need to change it. But for right now, that's what the bylaws mm-hmm. says, so that's what we have to do. And the, as far as language toward other Republicans in the party? I've heard language that I don't approve of on both sides. I heard crazy language that day, but I've also heard crazy language when I go to a, a breakfast meeting and, and they're calling people criminals and, and everything else. So I I don't agree with e- either side as far as uh, – I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't go around calling people names. Um, but – I understand the frustration and I want to be able to address that frustration, not the language, because, again, you know, how do you stop someone from calling somebody a name? You can't. Right. You have to. You have to. But as as party chair, would you say, guys, you got to knock it off? Oh, yeah, of course. Don't call people in the party. On both sides, though. But don't call the the language of words like horrors and and so forth. Again, I've been called worse. Okay, (laughs) even so. Yeah, I would say uh, as a chair. That language is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm telling you, I've heard it personally myself, uh, inappropriate language on the other side, mm-hmm. on the establishment mm-hmm. side, calling, calling the people at the uh, at the event names. Sure. So we have to be able to pull those sides together and say, look, none of this is helpful. It's not going to get us a win. We have to come together. Minute and a half left. So, Casper, oh. I'm going to give you the floor <laughs> okay. to uh, squeeze in whatever you can. Casper4Colorado.com is his website where you can get some plans. Time flies, and I appreciate you answering some of these questions Absolutely. that are, you know, sure. the real bare-knuckle questions. So sure, go ahead, sure. please. So I have a lot of this on my website. Um, back in 2012, the National GOP launched a report. Uh, they called it the Growth and Opportunity Project. This is a phenomenal report, Jimmy. When I saw it. I was in tears because it was exactly what we should have been doing forever. They never implemented the plan. It really pissed me off. But then I said, you know what? It's a good plan. Mm-hmm. It's still valid today. So I want to make this the foundation of my um, of my administration. Wait, so if you come up with ideas to improve our electoral chances, you actually should implement them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I also want to l- launch what I'm calling the it's a local freedom Corps. And this will be a group of young volunteers, and we can go to the um, the Colorado Christian University and other conservative uh, youth groups and bring them together to go out and do good works in the community. And then we can help, uh, uh, we can raise funds through that with um, getting sponsorships and things like that. And that will help fund OUST because OUST is kind of like over and above what we've been doing, and a lot of people would have a problem with or, or say that, where's the money going to come from? So the money is going to come from us doing works and getting sponsorships in the community. Oust, outreach, unity, support, and training. Correct, correct, yeah. So And um, and a lot of the, the nuts and bolts of what we do in the community would be done through SPARC, which is another acronym that I use with the Heidi's campaign. stands for uh, um, System Plan, Access, Resources, and Knowledge. Mm-hmm. So when we have a SPARC and we use all these different mechanisms, we will raise more money mm-hmm. um, and we will be able to make a change. And I'm asking for all Republicans to donate $10 a month to the local county organization and $5 a month to the state GOP. CasperForColorado.com. We'll talk again. Thank you so much, Casper Stockham. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thank yep. you. Yep. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.